welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast. We're glad you're with us today and we're back with our live show. And we have a new face with us, Rohit Gondrakota with us. Welcome, Rohit. Glad you could be with us. We're going to learn more about Rohit and his business that he runs um, almost entirely on Airtable in a segment later in the show, but we're glad that he could join us. And as always, we've got Ali with us. Hello, Ali. Good to, good to have you back. So it's the three of us for today's show. And we're going to get started. As always, the Built on Air podcast is a live show where we do four different segments where we're learning about all things Airtable. And it's a great time to, to be with you and, and uh, share a few things of what's going on in the Airtable world. So let's start with our first segment, which we call Round the Basis, where we're going to go and talk about what's going on in the Airtable world. We're going to keep this uh, episode a little bit shorter than normal so we can learn more about Rohit and, and what he's got going on. But as always, we start with the Airtable community. And there's a couple of new announcements that uh, Airtable has made of new things coming out. The first one is a new resource um, called the Featured uh, Resources. And I believe that's just a, a category in the community where you can find um, resources. I'm going to click on it here, see what it looks like. And it basically is a place to, to find kind of more, uh, more concrete articles and information that are, that are more long, longer lasting than just the, the standard community posts. So a uh, great place to find um, resources and things that, that you might be looking for. Um, relating to Airtable. And so this is a combination of things from Airtable as well as if people post interesting resources um, in the community, I think they'll, they'll post them in there. So that's a good good place to look. Um, I haven't gone through it. Ali, not sure if you've spent any time in here. I have not yet. I just read Kavan's helpful comments on it as always. Yep, yep. Yeah, thank you, Kavan, for that uh, insight there. And so scripting, I think the one she mentioned was scripting falls within this API featured. So if you're looking for scripting, look in there. Um, and yeah, so uh, maybe we'll find some of our resources that, that we've put out amongst in here. And feel free to um, post any good resources that you find in there and we'll, we'll share them in the future. The next one is one that came out a few days ago. Um, and I think, yeah, you, I think Gally, you mentioned this in the community as well as, so now you can preview your emails in inside of uh, automations, right? Have you, have you tried this out, Allie? I haven't actually tried it out, but it's funny. Cause like, I was just working on something kind of like a workaround for this the other day. <laughs> and of course it comes right out, like right after that. 
Um, but I, I would assume it's super helpful. I mean, at least when you're setting something up, um, I would kind of like the ability, I guess what I was working on was being able to kind of page through each record to pre like see what that could look like without having to just grab the test and look at it and then kind of like blind faith, like it's always going to look good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. The main thing that is you can see the inserted. So if you've got, um, you know, variables that you're inserting into the body of the email, you'll be able to see, you know, what that looks like as it's being rendered. So it definitely comes in handy. Um, I think I'm sure they've gotten issues and it looks like it works for both Gmail and I'm assuming Airtable's email action. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would think so. So hopefully that's, that's in both. Um, yeah. So I think for send email outlook and Gmail, so it looks like it works for all three of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, so you've got to have the the two, the subject and the message. So that's a cool, uh, nice little uh, feature within automations if you're doing emails within within your automation. Next one up is a favorites view. You want to talk about this one, Allie? Yeah, we talked about this last week. Um, it looks like they've actually officially announced it. Um, I was just saying I, I wasn't sure if they had, if they were doing like A-B testing or had released it just to like a select group or whatever. But I mean, I guess not everybody could see it last week, um, but now you can. So this is super helpful and it's at an individual user level. So you can have your own set of favorite views right at the top and you don't have to keep searching through everything. And it's not going to affect what uh, your coworkers are seeing as well. So that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. We broke this uh, last week before it was announced. It looked like just a just a day ago they they announced it um, publicly to everyone, and um, it's only on the pro or enterprise uh, bases that it works because it kind of works similar to the the sections as well. So it does require that that level of base to to be able to use it mm -hmm. so that you know one thing that um well let me do one more uh okay yeah so those those are the three releases that that uh, airtable made i wonder we're seeing kind of a different approach from airtable of releasing things one at a time right it seems like previously they were waiting till the end of the month and then bundling all their features i wonder if this is a new strategy of doing everything piecemeal one at a time yeah i think so it, it definitely does feel a little bit different and they're kind of keeping up better i think i mean this has been a pattern over like the last year or so but like actually putting posts in the community forum i mean before it'd be few and far between and you'd have to like kind of go quietly look at the what's new page to see any new features that have been released yeah. Yeah, I did notice. Yeah, I think they're ramping up their their community support. Rose Rose has been around for a while. I did I think like this is a new new uh face from from Airtable. So mm -hmm. looks like um new people joining and 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 uh participating. Yeah. I wonder if they're keeping up the the what's new page with with these new things or if, if that's still lagging. Let's take a look. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's well, not yeah. Some favorites, and then uh, the uh, preview is not up here yet. So, so some are, some aren't. So, <laughs> not fully, not fully consistent there. So, yeah. Yeah, so it, it makes it tough. This is a good place, catch-all for for all things. Easier to kind of see historically what what's been added, um, but uh, yeah, otherwise you got to kind of stay on top of the community or watch our show. And we're always that's definitely one thing that we're always highlighting is new new features that either we find or or they share with us in the community. So. If, if this page is not uh, keeping you up to date with, with what's actually happening, then, then our podcast definitely is. So 
be sure to stay with us. So just before I got onto this podcast, I was lo- watching some of the episodes and I was amazed. You guys are like detectives. And <laughs> before <laughs> the features are announced, you're always <laughs> discussing some new features. So I was pretty impressed with that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Definitely always looking for new stuff to new toys to play with. And maybe maybe that's Airtable's strategy is they have all these Easter egg features and they just leave them out there and they don't document them and just wait for people to find them. <laughs> Very well could be. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. A couple questions. Um, this one um, came in for, I thought it was an interesting topic of discussion. So this person um, is trying to set up an automation but they only want it to run when there's um, conditions within um, within like the number of o- only if there's you know so many tickets that that are open. Um, so it's kind of more of a view. They want it to run. Seems like for an entire view, but only if there's values in that view. So. Um, you know, and, and they want to send out a daily email. So you kind of, in order to do this, there's no, there's no way to, to escape out. If you're familiar with Integramat or Zapier, they have a way to say, okay, if, if this value is zero, then don't continue on with the rest of the steps. Airtable automations don't have that, that, that step, that functionality quite yet. Maybe in the future it will. Um, so there isn't a way, there is a way to say, okay, I want to, I want to run a a schedule that's every day. So you can set up a, a scheduler. Um, we talked about that last week of how you could set up a a scheduled timeframe. Um, and then you could also query all of the, um, all of the items within a view. So there's the find record step that would give you all the open tickets, you could easily set up a view that meets that criteria. And then you would have your list of um, records that you could then send an email. The one thing that you don't have is to say, if there's zero open tickets, then don't send the email right. unless you're um, doing that within a script or, or a third party system. And I think that's what uh, people are mentioning. Looks like there's some live comments going on yeah what i would do is i think you could even even maybe even without a script i haven't tried doing this but if you do the find records action and then say you go to create a new record maybe you have a table for like called email log and you create a new table create a new record every day with those linked records that it found from the view linked to it and then then you have a second automation that only triggers if there's a value in that field yeah yeah, you could do yeah, like on creation, and it would have so you could have one. Yeah, that's a good that's a good approach. So you could have one step that creates um, all of the uh, kind of basically like creates a, a in a new table and links to all the the open tickets, and then another one that runs when there's a new creation and there's values in that linked. Um, record field exactly yeah so you could potentially do that so burner 918 uh hopefully you're watching that <laughs> might be a way where you could potentially do it all in Airtable and not and not look for outside uh resources there but looks like already familiar with integramat you could definitely do it in integramat so um worthwhile but yeah that's that's an interesting one where you kind of try, you're combining like matching criteria with the scheduler um, trigger into one, but it's not quite uh, that functional yet. Yeah. I have a, I have a base where I've got a table just called like automation launcher or something, or, and it's like a log for all of my different automations, like, a, and or only emails get sent if it has values returned as those records are created. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. All right, we're gonna leave uh, Airtable's community. We're gonna go to some other communities out there. First, just one um, from from uh, the Reddit community. I don't know if people. I didn't. I didn't see this. I don't know if either of you two saw this. I guess um, 
a few days ago, there was some issue with Airtable where it was sending out tons of emails from the automations that, that something went wrong um, with the automations. And it, it appears to have been some kind of network glitch within Airtable. So it looks like a few other people got them. Either of you get tons of emails? Yeah, yeah, I did get some emails about this automation not working and it uh, sorted itself out and all of them were turned off. And I just turned them, I mean, there seemed to be nothing wrong with and I turned them back next morning and it all worked fine. So, so they automatically turned off. Yeah, yes. Huh. I haven't seen that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Ali, you didn't get any issues? Um, this is like terrible to say, but I get, I've gotten so many of those emails recently that I've kind of, they've become white noise to me. Yeah. <laughs> like if they're not for an automation that like I created for a client, but I typically just ignore it. But, um, but I'll go back through and I'll, I'll look at the log and make sure everything looks right. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I, I did notice a few of those from the other day and I got the status incident email about it. Okay. So yeah, one of the reasons I thought this was worth talking about was um, Airtable, if you're listening, it would be very helpful to include the reason why the automation failed in the body of the email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so for that very reason is it does become noisy and um, you have to go log in, look at the history of the automation to see what exactly and you have to drill down into each of the steps and kind of figure out what's what what went wrong um and even then sometimes the error message of what went wrong is very generic and um it it, it would help be helpful to to get more insights into what's going on with the automations <clears throat> mm -hmm. as well as increase the time limits and memory limits of what can be done within the the steps to, to do that. So. Yeah, they, they are, uh, they recently automated the testing process, right? For developers, I'm hoping that is the step in the direction of automating more for like consumers eventually, because that is the infrastructure they probably need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that, that's been, that's been a challenge. I do, I get still to this day, you know, messages of something going wrong and, and it's typically the, a timeout issue um, or other people are saying they're, they're now seeing memory, um, too much memory issues. And so increasing those limits. And usually it's not timeouts related to like my script. Actually, pretty much all the time it's relating to Airtable's API of trying to update um, back to, back to uh, Airtable. Mm -hmm. So it's not really any anything that I can change on my end. So there's uh, room for improvement there on the automation side. So I also wish they would let us choose, and maybe there is a feature I haven't dug that deep for it. But like, who gets those emails when an automation get, goes wrong? Because it's like even if I'm just invited to somebody's base and I'm not the owner of the workspace, if I created the automation, I'm gonna get all the emails. Yeah. And I want to sometimes be able to switch that to the owner. Like if I am creating it for a client, I want them to be aware. Like if sometimes I want to be aware, but they should definitely be aware. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually came up in the built on air community. Somebody asking about that, if there's any way to, to change that. And yeah, it's basically the, the creator of the automation um, is the person who gets these emails and it works both ways. Just like you said, Sometimes you don't want it. Sometimes I've worked with clients where I log in as them. And so I set it up as them, but I want to get the email so that I know that something's you know wrong with it, but I'm not getting those emails. They're going to the client who is ignoring them probably. And, and uh, right. so, yeah, so another room for improvement there is, is figuring out how to make that, um, and what happens, I haven't seen this. I have seen it with views where uh, like personal views that are associated with a user. And if that person leaves the base and is no longer a user in the base, you get these phantom views um, that I have seen that are associated with no one. I don't know what happens with an automation. If the creator leaves the base, what happens to an automation? 
I don't know. I have a base where I, I created automations and then I was switched to read only and I still got the emails, but that's not the same as just being removed. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll do an experiment on that on a future episode of uh, seeing what happens. <laughs> Very good. So automations is amazing. It's super powerful. And uh, you know, I, I, I use it all the time. Uh, but there's definitely room for improvement there. So we'll see how that progresses over time. Yeah, the automations have gotten so good recently that I have to cancel my like Zapier um, plan. It's not useful anymore, actually. So it's really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. I still am paying for Zapier. I'm paying more than I need to for Zapier, but uh, I could definitely, um, but yeah, I'm still using it for a few things. But if you're only working within Airtable, uh, it used to be, you know, those uh, like us that have been using it for a while, Zapier or, or Integromat was the only way you could do stuff. It's definitely replaced the inner Airtable um, use case for sure. So let's move on. We're going to uh, Facebook now and a couple of things I wanted to highlight. So I wanted to give a shout out to a friend of, of the podcast, Jeremy. He's been a guest on, on the previous episodes of that. And I've worked with him as well through Ontario. Uh, He's a big user and, and fan of, of our products. So just want to give him a shout out. Looks like he got some, some press attention and, and getting uh, inundated with business. So he's looking for help. If others are out there, want to uh, are familiar with this world of, of uh, machine shops. Um, he's, he's a big proponent of using Airtable in machine shops. So he's kind of um, the expert to go to if, if any, any machine shops out there and looking to use Airtable, check out Jeremy Taylor at Defiant CNC. And um, thought that was a cool article and impressed that he was getting for, for that. So. Seriously, Airtable actually shared it on LinkedIn did like, they? Yeah. Good for you, Jeremy. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, you know, I think I think there's a big opportunity for people that are coming from a specific industry, you know, like Jeremy with with machine shops and machinery and just really like tailoring Airtable to your core knowledge base of your industry and and so if anybody's out there and you have a core understanding of a specific industry and you want to use Airtable for that, I think there's a there's a huge opportunity to specialize in, in that combination of Airtable in your industry. Yeah, I mean, I uh, probably will uh, tell some more about my background in the future, but uh, like I come from like assembly line background and uh, I was working in parallel while running the business for the first year or so. And I was like, this is so much easier in Airtable, right? Like the assembly line operations, the whole uh, uh, system. So yeah, I mean, that was my specialty and I saw a huge opportunity. I'm sure yeah. it's the same for other places as well, like accounting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I think that will be kind of a future where you'll see kind of these specialists in different industries and, and uh, go from there. So very cool, Jeremy, congrats on that attention. Uh, one more, I thought, especially with Rohit, I was going to see your input here. I thought this was interesting. Somebody looking to build an affiliate marketing uh, tracking tool within Airtable and um, and other no code and got some good feedback from people that, that definitely are doing that. So that, again, is another kind of specific industry where, where somebody could specialize in affiliate marketing. And Rohi will learn about you and your and your story. And um, and I don't know. Do you do anything specific to tracking? Um, or what yes. I know you're an affiliate. Do you have other affiliate marketers that um, that kind of you know sell your stuff, or you're just kind of the affiliate marketer? Yeah, so we are the affiliate marketer. We use uh, Airtable extensively. We uh, obviously we customized it to fit the affiliate marketing strategy. One of the thing is uh, like as a content management system, we manage articles, but we also need to manage uh, like affiliate links, right? Like the products. 
and uh, that is a new, different dimension that only exists in this affiliate marketing space and i'm going to go over some of it now but um uh, but yeah the affiliate marketing use case for airtable is very specific and we have done that extensively yeah cool all right we'll we'll dive deep into that and uh coming up here in a couple minutes so uh, anyways, I thought that the, this was cool. People um, had ideas on, on ways that you can do affiliate. Aaron, Aaron even has a, a long um, video talking about, I, I would imagine, I haven't watched it, but his videos are very extensive and go deep into how you could do a referral marketing setup. And uh, so we're checking out if you're from the affiliate marketing world and how you can use Airtable in that environment. So. That's um, that's it for the roundup, round the bases, and what's going on with the Airtable community. And before we jump to the next segment, uh, a spotlight on our primary sponsor, Onto Air. Onto Air is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of six different apps that do a variety of different functions and utilities, from backing up your data to um, running automations and more advanced um, functions that you might need to implement your business. We recently launched um, Google Docs integrations with Google Drive. So the ability to automate creating Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, and also converting them, using them as templates and converting them into images or PDFs or things like that. So very powerful way to integrate um, Airtable with Google Doc Management. And as part of that, I'm going to showcase one feature that we um, recently launched with, uh, sorry, wrong base, within our Ontario Amplify base. So Ontario Amplify is an in-app, um, in-Airtable app that is a editor for your data and a way to interact with your data in a powerful way that beforehand has was not possible. And it allows you to look at your records um, and really go deep into your data on a per record basis. And I just wanted to highlight just how you can navigate on a per record basis within Ontario Amplify. So this menu here is our record menu. It has the ability to navigate one record at a time, simply going arrow to arrow. So you can go record by record. You see the record name uh, changing here with each navigation step. So you can navigate. You can also expand it and see the full, the standard record view. If you want to see that view, you can expand there. You can also look up and a very powerful way to search within your records of your table. So to navigate from one record to the next, you can search. And the great thing is you can search across multiple fields. So if I want to find um, all status that are to do, I can just write to do and it'll highlight that field. So it's more than searching just the name. You can search across all fields. It's completely configurable of what fields get displayed here and what fields you can actually search and whatnot. And then you can just double click on a new record and it'll instantly navigate to that record where you can see that. And then this is new. This is something that just came out. And then the most recent version is the ability to clone a record. So it will actually copy that record and you'll it'll instantly jump to the newly created um, record. So great way to create lots of records fast. You can have it uh, one as a template and then duplicate it, change it, duplicate it. And then obviously adding a blank record, um, we'll add a new one and then deleting a record. So Ontair Amplify has the full life cycle of record management, the ability to navigate between records, create new records, duplicate existing records and delete existing records. So very powerful navigation system within Ontario Amplify, so much so that people use it essentially as their main interface and you know, typically will go full screen and this is how they can navigate their entire base um, record by record and interact with their data. So check out Ontario Amplify. You can find it in the marketplace by clicking on the add an app feature 
and it will show up um, somewhere right now. It's right here. So a great way to interact with your data and also check out all of our apps at ontoair.com. So with that, we are now gonna move on to our next segment. I'm excited for this one. We've done 11 episodes and we haven't done a meet the creator segment yet. So Rohit is our first um, creator joining us. And this segment is where we interview and talk to amazing people doing amazing things with Airtable and where we get real insight into um, real life scenarios and use cases. And, and Rohit is, um, is gracious enough to share what he's been doing in Airtable. So Rohit, if you wanna uh, share your screen, but before we get into kind of your data, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you I will, uh, let's see here, Rohit. Um, if you wanna tell us, give us a little bit of history of how you came about, how did you find Airtable? Um, what's your background? Why don't you tell us your story? Uh, sure, so um, uh, my name is uh, Rohit. I moved to, like I was originally from India, I moved to the U.S. back in 2009 for master's in industrial engineering. And uh, I uh, was, I did my master's in uh, industrial engineering and I was working in like operations environment. Uh, I was working in assembly lines and manufacturing facilities and fab operations. And uh, in 2016, I met my co-founder who is uh, uh, an expert at building websites. Uh, <laughs> Something happened for this thing? Okay. Okay. So yeah, who's a build, uh, expert at uh, building websites, but he was doing it with known with his own uh, hands, um, and uh, I was more uh, familiar with building teams and stuff. So we partnered up, and uh, we built our, uh, our first site, which uh, did well, and we then started buying sites from uh, open marketplaces like Empire Flippers and uh, Flippa and so on. And uh, after a, a couple of years of doing that, I finally left my job like about a year and a half ago now to do focus on my business full time. So our primary business is uh, content management. And uh, there is uh, we manage some 20, 30 websites uh, uh, and all the content on them. And uh, we make revenue through affiliate marketing, uh, ads and um, lead generation and stuff like that. And there's a lot of parallels between like operations and um, online content creation. Uh, basically in the operations world, you're trying to move the product through here, you're trying to move the information through. So I found my old skills of uh, moving the product through as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible. So highly relevant for like the internet marketing world. And I was surprised that more people who are operations background are not in it. Like that's a very mature industry, right? The operations, it's been around since almost like World War II. So there are books and theories and detailed things about how to move your stuff as fast as possible. But almost none of this is none of it is implemented in the in the online world. And that was my um, opportunity actually. So we went from creating managing one website and creating like whatever 10 articles a month to managing over 30 sites and like 400 articles a month and um, from there we started an e-commerce uh, side of the business as well uh, so we have managed a couple of e-commerce sites and we use a airtable uh, sorry on the first one we use airtable as a content management system and i'm going to go through some of it uh, when i share my screen and uh, after that, uh, in e-commerce, uh, we started a couple of e-commerce sites and we use it for two things. One is to like continuously add products onto our stores and also to fulfill our orders and stuff like that. And uh, then we also started a, a YouTube side of things. So we manage 10, 15 YouTube, 10, sorry, 11 YouTube channels uh, uh, to be precise and create about like 15, 20 videos every week. And that entire system is built out on air uh, table as well so we have really have leveraged the power of uh, air table and um, uh, and our entire business kind of depends on it and uh, thrives uh, like because of it 
So uh, apart from this, we also manage all of our social media posts and stuff, which is, again, like hundreds and thousands of posts because every article, every website has some posts, every YouTube channel has some posts on different channels like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and that's all managed in Airtable as well. So that's what we've been doing for the last one year or so. And with that background, I mean, and also with my passion for like automation and stuff, we uh, recently started this site called automationengineer.io where we plan to like help other people and also write content about automation in general, not just uh, Airtable. We hope to write about other things as well, uh, like the philosophy of, auto of automation, right? Uh, I think you mentioned in the other video, like what you can't do manually, you should never automate. You know, that's like so important. And uh, my number one philosophy was, uh, uh, try to eliminate first before you can try to automate, right? Like try to not automate things that you should rather be eliminating. So many times I uh, talk to friends and the answer would be you should just eliminate that step. You should not automate it, right? Uh, uh, so yeah, our philosophy is like more aut eliminate, automate and delegate. So sometimes things cannot be automated, that, uh, which is when we delegate. So yeah, to summarize, yeah, so we started this automation engineer and we plan to help the first 100 people for free. And we are probably at four or five right now. So if you want to, uh, if you want us to take a look at our air table, your air table or build one for you, we'll do it for free. You can just reach out to me uh, at rohit.automationengineer.io. So yeah, so that is our primary business and what we are kind of on to next. That's awesome. I'm curious, what do you think, um, if, if you, if you weren't using Airtable, like what would you have to do to, to do what you're doing in Airtable? Yeah. I mean, replace it? to be honest, if not for Airtable, our business would have been much smaller actually, because, uh, we were using Trello before Airtable and, uh, already at, uh, three sites, we were reaching the limit of what it could do. Uh, there was just no way that we could go from three sites to even 10 sites. It was like impossible to do. So we probably would have used uh, Google Sheets, but then with the uh, Google Sheets, it's all unconnected, right? It's more clunky than in Airtable. Um, again, we do all of this with uh, like a relatively small team, right? And that's only possible because of uh, tools. Uh, so yeah, mostly we would have uh, had a much smaller business and we would have probably been operating on Google Sheets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's amazing. The testament to to what Airtable can do for for a small business and scaling without uh, needing the additional resources. So, very cool. Great background and great. I appreciate you uh, you offering to to help others. That's that's amazing. So if you're listening and that fits your needs and what you're looking to do, um, feel free to reach out to Rohi. We'll put some links up with this video as well to what you've got going on. So appreciate that. Why don't we jump in and learn about uh, how you can run your business in Airtable. So I'm gonna add your screen so we can see it now. So why don't you walk us through this? Sure, so this is our uh, overall content management system on our content business and we manage uh, a handful of websites here. So the primary uh, um, here, the, the primary goal here is to, you know, publish uh, articles, right? So we have, uh, we start with uh, this status field is kind of what drives the entire uh, workflow from start to end. We start with an idea, we do like keyword research and um, add a bunch of ideas that we want to publish as articles. And uh, um, and then we do more research on those topics. Uh, we have uh, usually VAs make outlines um, and we approve those outlines. We assign it to writer. Once the writer is done writing it, we, you know, copyscape it for plagiarism. We Kind, I mean, this is what a, a real system in uh, production looks like. So uh, I have a much cleaner version of this on uh, Airtable Universe template, actually. So actually, let me just uh, show you that as well. So if you go to automationengineer.io slash template one, it will go to an Airtable base with much cleaner version of the same thing that I'm talking about. Uh, so I created a couple of templates like this. So template one is more simple and template two is like more complex with uh, multiple sites and all, um, which is a better place to get started. So yeah, back to my uh, thing. So um, 
and uh, yeah so once that is done we push it live uh, and we do a few things uh, here for example like outline creation happens automatically through zapier integration so like we have different content types here actually there no records let me we have a few content uh, types um, right like informational content um, you know schools skyscraper and so on and we have a different template for each of these content types which is housed in a templates folder so when someone when we when some article is ready to be created outline the initial version gets created automatically through the zapier integration where it just copies the exact uh, template from the templates folder and puts it in our article right so um and also we give access to all the writers uh, without inviting them to our base so we have a view only uh, access to all the writers which are public views so a writers we just share the public view with the writer and they see everything that is uh, that they are supposed to write along with uh, how many words we expect them to write what is the budget and so on and um, uh, we also have like a article submission workflow where they go to another public link and uh, just uh, submit their article so let me just look at uh, article submission yeah let's see so that's a uh, so, so yeah i mean they oh what happened i didn't copy it entirely okay so writers once uh, they see in a public view all the articles that they are supposed to write and once they are done they just come and submit it and we have an automation that if it is assigned to a writer and if the article name matches exactly move it to the next step which is to edit or whatever right um so writers stuff is here and what else do we do that could be interesting someone yeah the invoice management also so we ask our uh, um we ask our writers to send invoices, but we want to make sure that we don't double pay them, right? So we have, uh, um, we put 240, yeah. We have uh, an invoice payment view, so we track when the invoice was actually paid so that we don't pay them a second time, right? And writers don't have access to the base, so the information is uh, safe here. Um, also, apart from this, we have, uh, yeah, like we have the all the roster of writers, how much do they charge, what are their areas of interest, you know, what is the maximum load they can take, uh, and so on. Um, so, and their public views that we can use for, you know, uh, when we assign articles to them. Um, then what else? So content hubs, this is also very useful for us. So every time we do keyword research, it's not in isolation. So we want to write 50 articles about this topic. So it's important for us to track where we are along the way of these 50 products, right? So there are, um, none of these have, so yeah, so we are 50 and we wrote all the 50, right? So this hub is kind of complete. And there are other places we only did 45. So we kind of go hub by hub and uh, kind of keep track that way. And we also, uh, keep track of what is the peak season for the top. So we write about air conditioners, heat pumps, for example, the record we are on is probably peak in uh, winter, right? So we want to update it in around September. So it helps us every year when September rolls around, we look at all the hubs which are to be updated in September and we kind of uh, update all like the few hundred articles. Um, and then um, we also manage all of our uh, SOPs and instructions here. So every step is uh, in the contents place has different uh, uh, instructions specific to that step. So we have uh, those instructions here as well. And this was actually very helpful. Previously, we were have managing it in uh, Excel sheets and stuff like that. Now we move to like Loom for creating the instructions and record adding record here. It's so easy to create. <laughs> Uh, instructions for anything that we never step back from doing it right like I have some new thing and it goes in here like almost instantaneously the barrier to um, kind of creating instructions is so low that we have good amount of good uh, quality of instructions on all different subtopics in our business uh, what else? Yeah, so this is probably very specific to affiliate uh, products. So if, uh, uh, we have uh, 
we we write about products right in affiliate marketing uh, so we have all the products that are listed in a particular um particular article uh, here in the products uh, table and they are connected to the article so you know what products are um, connected to what article and we also have a workflow on the uh, the products itself so someone figures out what types of products to pick and then someone else uh, goes and picks them someone else approves them and so on so we have a small workflow uh, let's see here as well product status Did I unhide it or not? Product status. Yeah, these are probably old products. So yeah, so we have a small workflow here as well. You know, we do subcategory research to this is figuring out what products to add. For example, in window air conditioner, it could be like small room, large room, stuff like that. And someone picks products, we approve them, we write features, and 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 we also manage like out of stock. So if you're managing whatever, the, I think uh, this base is a subset. So it says 2000, our main base has like close to 45,000 records or something. When you're managing 45,000 products, like things go out of stock, right? So every day we have a workflow which checks all the products, whether what are out of stock or not every day, every month or so. Um, and whatever is out of stock, we replace it with new products. Um, uh, we replace or uh, rewrite uh, other products. And uh, we also like all these products are displayed on our on our articles in a uh, nice uh, uh, looking tables, and uh, the codes for all those tables are generated in Airtable as well. So this is like the code for like the HTML table, which is like the beautiful comparison table, and at a glance section. So these things cannot be really done without code. So we hired a developer, wrote the code, and uh, I took the code and like. Uh, Put it on Airtable, right? So, uh, so things like this helped us scale to the level we did with uh, with the VAs and not too much of an expert, right? It's experts, uh, right? So, um, yeah, this has been very helpful as well. Actually, let me just see if uh, I can open this. So I was gonna I was gonna ask Rohi about the um, the workflow with your writers. So I saw you had a form. <laughs> yeah. So you had a form that uh, that um, they fill out where they just write the name. Is that they do they do that when they're done writing yes. the article? Yeah, when they're done writing the article. Uh, so we have a view which lists all the articles that they are supposed to write, and when mm -hmm. they're done, they just submit it or uh, write type the name exactly and hit submit. And uh, I mean, if they submit an old article, it does nothing. But if they submit an article which was assigned to writer status. It changes it to uh, to edit, which is the next status. And how do you um, and they're and they're writing it all in like a Google Doc? Yeah, they're writing it on Google Docs. So uh, like we have one Google Doc for everything, which is in a folder with uh, public view, um, so anyone can edit. I mean, it's we didn't find that it, uh, we are not doing anything uh, uh, like confidential or anything, right? So we are okay with uh, doing. Uh, having public views but if not you can give writers direct access to those folders but yeah it's a, there's a google doc which has uh, uh, the outline basically everything actually the outline the article uh, we found that right putting everything in one google doc is way more efficient than managing multiple docs or keeping a folder and so on so if you find some interesting images to put that also go in here like everything is all in this one google doc interesting Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. So they're working in there. They they fill out the form to let them know that that's one thing I have worked with a lot of um, marketing agencies. Very similar process. It's kind of cool. I think Airtable is a great match for you know content management um, people either, either like yourself where that's your business or agencies or every company has a marketing team that's doing content and Airtable's uh, very good in managing that workflow. So very cool stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, just I want to finally uh, end with this. So before I uh, uh, finish off here, so I created a couple of templates. Uh, 
you know, to help out with this uh, setup. So if you want to set up your own content management system, you can just copy these templates. They are available from the Airtable universe. So you can go to um, automationengineer.io slash built on air and uh, you can get access to those templates. And also I made a couple of videos on uh, I think three videos. It's a three-part series on how to use this template. So the first one is on how to use the basic content man management workflow. And the second one is how to use more advanced options like writer submitting articles, invoice payments, and all. And the third one is about how to manage uh, more complexity, right? Like multiple websites, instructions, multiple writers, uh, managing content hubs, doing the entire social media posts on a table. So that's a more complicated one. So I created a three-part series for uh, anyone interested. I, I mean, you're welcome to see that, but you're also, you can just uh, ask me questions, whether directly or on those templates by emailing me at uh, like rohit at automationengineer.io. Very good. I have a friend who uh, does a very similar business to yours, but is doing it old school and no automation. And he told me if he could figure out how to automate more of his work, he could 10X his scalability. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the one nature of the type of it is, uh, type of work is, um, it's, uh, <laughs> I joke with, it's partially true, but we do a large volume of mediocre things, right? So it is perfect for that. So when you want to do like super high quality, it doesn't matter if things are automated or efficient because you're only doing like handful of things, right? There's only one podcast a week, but if you have to generate like 20 episodes of podcast every week, there is no way you can do it, uh, uh without automation and some kind of scaling. So, uh, yeah, that I had the similar realization back in 2017. I was like, I can 10 X this business if I can figure a way to do it. And yeah, a table was our answer. Cool. Any questions, Ali on your end? No, I love it. That's awesome. I love the, the HTML part. I'm constantly using Airtable to kind of build my HTML to inform something else. And I thought I thought of you when he showed that, and I was like, I think Ali shared similar strategies in the past. <laughs> Definitely. No, I love that. Awesome. Nice thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Great, Rohit. We're very grateful for you to join and share your um, real life scenario of how a business can be run effectively on Airtable. So. Check them out, automateengineer.io. You can find out more. And um, Rohit, again, thank you for, for joining us. So sure, it's next segment, we're going to move on. Ali is going to go through a script, and we're going to learn some, some scripting time and how we can utilize the scripting app for our business. So Ali, your screen is showing. Take it away. All right, excellent. Um, so this was just inspired off of something we talked about, we kind of touched on briefly last week. Um, I have a script that let's say, and this is just a use, like a kind of dummy use case I threw together to demonstrate how this could work. Um, but let's say we've got this single select field here and I want to use the these options as options in my script. Um, and one use case for that would be, this is just a really light CRM, something super simple. Here's that HTML we were talking about too. It's kind of funny. Um, so we've got, let's say I want to go and add an interaction for Jim Doe. And this script will open up. And the first thing it's showing me right here is saying to choose a contact type. Um, and you can see that those options directly correspond with what I have available here in this type of contact field. So I'm just going to say email. We'll just write built on air. And there we go. There's our interaction. Um, it's got the email field there. And or the email option rather in the type of contact field. And just to kind of dive into how that works. So this is the line that is calling that um, button section. So the input of button options requires first a string in order to 
say what, what the actual question is or whatever text you want at the top. Um, and then it needs an array of options. Um, and that could just be like a one level array, just, you know, yes or no. That's shown in a lot of their examples in the documentation. Um, but they also allow you to pass an array of objects, giving a label and also an underlying value. This is not necessary for a single select buttons, but I am uh, kind of, I touch on that in a different script a little bit. Um, so right here, this is the function I'm using in order to pull those options out of the single select field. So every field in Airtable, they give you the metadata for it. So you can see the options that are related to it. And what's in this options for a given field is different based on what field type it is. Um, but if it's a single or a multi-select, it's gonna have this options.choices um, as a property that you can pull from. Um, so I'm just mapping each of those options into like a flat array where each um, option is just their name. Um, and then I can use that in my create record call in order to uh, map it to the correct option. Um, something else that Dan suggested, which would be really cool, um, I could say, let's say I wanted to just show the options um, on my screen in order to copy and paste those into another table, because sometimes it's really a difficult thing if you've got hundreds of single select options. Um, and I would probably do this in a different script, but I would write, um, you know, like let options equal single select options for that field. And actually I could just write output table. So if I run that now, this could be, you know, a totally separate script where you could have it say, I want to choose the field and have it output um, all the available options. And then I could copy and paste this and just put it right in a new field in Airtable to start manipulating that data. Yeah. Yeah, there was a use case uh, somebody asking for, how do I extract out all the options in my single select? And you could do it with just one line of code. Well, yeah, you could get it all in one line of code with that other line that you have in your function, so. Definitely, yeah, you could kind of use that and replace what you got here. Um, another really cool use case for that isn't with the single select fields, but I thought this would be interesting. Like say you're at the company level and you wanna just be able to click the button to add an interaction. It'll first, I wrote this script so that it looks at the linked records that are linked to that company and lets you choose which person related to that company. So it doesn't have to be a single select field. It could be a linked record field. Exactly. And that's where it comes in handy to be able to have that label and the underlying value as two separate things because mm -hmm. I can show them just the name of the person, but then underneath it's actually what Airtable would accept would expect for a cell write value for a record field. Yeah. yeah. Link. Very cool. That's an awesome way where you can just take the data and then almost create a mini form for your for your input. And that's a more user friendly um, approach with that. So well done. Thank you, Ali, for showing that use case of scripting and how powerful it can be to um, to really enhance your your Airtable usage. Let's move on. We're going to end before we end. Actually, we're going to give a quick shout out to our trainers over at training.builtonair.com. If you and your business are looking to enhance your understanding of Airtable and how it works and how it can help your business grow, check out training.builtonair.com. We have several courses from industry experts within the Airtable community who have put together a, a walkthrough guideline of training and material to help you set up your business. Everything from the basics to account management to how you integrate with Airtable with third-party systems. And there are more courses coming. I know of at least one more course coming from another new expert um, here shortly. So be sure to check out 
all the training and how you can use it within your company to to enhance your Airtable understanding. So training.builtonair.com is a place to go to 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 one up your your expertise in Airtable. So our final segment that we'll end with is a field focus. And I'm going to showcase a quick field um, focus of how we can understand one of the one of the fields that that are available to you within Airtable. And I'm going to talk about um, the, there's two of them, the last modified time and the um, actually, sorry, I'm just going to talk about last modified time. So what the last modified time is a timestamp of when the record was last touched, meaning any editable field was last modified. And the cool thing about it is you can, by default, check and it will update anytime any field was updated. Or the more powerful approach is to specify specific fields that only when these fields are modified will the date change to when those were updated. So you can say only when the name is is updated um, do I want to get updated. And so this one might be name updated and you click on that you can also like any other date you can format it with the hour or whatnot um, and it will show you that you can change it so once you create this field it'll be a timestamp of when that field or all fields if it's set that way will was last modified so if you see here i go and <clears throat> change the date you'll see that this will get updated to the current time so this is really useful for using within automations. I know at Ontair we rely on this field a lot. Um, some of the shortcomings that are associated with this field are you can only listen for fields that are editable. And so what that means is you can't listen for changes to a formula field. So if the value of a formula field changes, you can't um, get notified of that. And so it has to be a field that you can actually like physically go in and, and make changes to directly as a user. So that's one of the shortcomings. There are ways around that. I know with Ontario, we, we have a workaround for that where you can listen to, to formula fields but within the last modified time. The other thing is, if you're, um, if you're, I wanna make sure Ali, correct me on this. If you're, if you're filling out a form that gets entered in here, um, my understanding is the last modified field won't be changed until you actually um, do something um, to it within here. So the created time is different than the last modified time. And so if the form directly gets added here, then that last modified time will, will be blank like it, like it is here until the, the field changes. And so that does be, um, introduce some issues. Am I, am I right, Ali? I could be wrong there. Do you know? That sounds correct to me. I don't actually know off the top of my head, but I, I think, I mean, I, my assumption would be that's how it functions. Let's um, let's find out real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to fill out a quick form. If it loads for us. I'm just going to give it a name since that's the only uh, field that I'm listening to. Let's check back and see if it's showing up. Um, okay, so we have our test. Okay, I lied. So it does it does get get updated when when it gets created. So that's a good thing. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking that 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 wasn't the case. So that is good. Um, so yeah, so you can you can use that. So this is also the created time, and then obviously if you go in and and change it, then it will get updated. Um, it's a, I, I love that it's a retroactive also, uh, Dan, in the sense that you don't need to have that field when the form was edited. You can uh, go back one year later and debug things. So we had some error that happened with a specific field, and I wanted to see how many times this error happened. So I created a form called lost this field modified and saw that that error happened like 1,000 times, and I need to 
uh, address something. So it's very useful for debugging yeah. retroactively. Yeah. Yeah, they they keep track of each field's last modified, like under the table, you know, within their database. So if you add this after the fact, it will expose the last time those were changed. Yeah, very, very useful. So that is our last modified field focus. And that ends our episode. So thank you all for joining. Thank you again to Rohit for uh, being our special guest today. Again, where can they find you? One last shout out. Uh, yeah, automationengineer.io slash built on air. Very good. Mally, good to see you again. We will see you all next time. Until then, enjoy building out. And we'd love to see what you build on air. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast.